The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome! Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. And we have a very exciting pairing for you guys this week, but before we get into that, I must ask, as always, Dude Two, how are you? I'm okay. You you alright? Yeah, I'm alright. Um, you know... Not, nothing much has been going on, honestly. Just, just chilling out, really. Um, I'm trying to think of like anything major. Been watching Columbo episodes, you know. Uh, I think is is it because of Princess Bride? It is because of Princess Bride. Yes, the Peter Falk influence. Yeah, I picked up the DVD set of. Of I will series. now influence you to watch this show, Columbo. You're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it, all right? Now listen to this. <laughs> Just one more thing. Just one more thing. Is this a kissy show? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a fucking kissy show. You better enjoy it, little piece of shit. Anyway. <laughs> Zoinks. Um, yeah, I still need to watch Flatliners. I know I've been slacking on that department. <sighs> you, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, you know, it happens. <laughs> It's okay. So, it's okay. Yeah, and there's also like stuff I re- want to rewatch too. Like I was looking at my shelf. Like I have a, I have a stack of like, I have that f- like that Blu-ray. Of- okay. All right. Okay. So okay. <laughs> you start off with I need to watch Flatliners. I'll get to it, and then you say, but I'm gonna rewatch some stuff first. Listen, dude, you also gotta be in the mood. You also gotta be in the mood. <laughs> I I get that, but it's just a weird transition to go from I'll, I'll watch this movie I got you, the, and then immediately just be like, "But there's a lot of shit I want to watch that I've already like." Seen my feelings on this can only be described as the title of that Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin, Steve it's Martin complicated. movie. It's complicated, you know. <laughs> it's t- just a funny transition. I told I told my mom that we use that as a joke constantly. <laughs> She's like, why? It's it's not funny. It's so good. She she thought it was funny. <laughs> okay, good. She she liked. It. Um, <laughs> no, but the, it, it, I do need to watch Flatliners. I think you know part of the thing is because it, it's just a 4K disc, and that's not your fault. That's just Arrow, where it's like that's just Arrow. Like sometimes, like I have a 4K player in my man cave. It's a nice space, but sometimes I want to be upstairs making that's food. Understandable, you know. But um, it's right there. It's right in front of me as we speak. I'm looking at it. And, uh, <laughs> Taunting you. This, you know, there's a. L- <laughs> yeah, I, I, I. Hopefully, by the next record, next time we record, I will update you on my Flatliners um, experience. <laughs> I don't mean to give you too much shit. I just thought that was a funny. No, it's no, yeah. no, please. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's 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 about it. Um, how are you doing, Ricardo? Well, I was doing okay until you said you were going to watch something. You said, I'm kidding. I'm done. I'm done. I promise. <laughs> so, again, I, I live for this face. <laughs> the God, why do you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh boy. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I'm I'm all right. I guess. Um, I uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, admittedly, because it, it just feels incredibly narcissistic. But if you okay, so if uh, if none of you, if this is the first time you ever heard our show, hi. By the way, um, you probably don't know that we did a Twilight episode not long ago, and in that episode we had a skit in it that had a song that I sang in it. And that's not new for, for me or for Joey even on the show. We've sang a bunch of songs on the show. and uh, it's But it's like one of the first, like as much as I do love all the other songs, it's the first time I think I've liked a solo performance of myself. Mm-hmm. And and the song that I'm in, um, with, with it mostly just being me. And uh, I've been listening to it a lot this whole week. And I like, as much as I love the song, I keep thinking... Am I am I that full of myself? <laughs> like, and I, I I mention these insecurities a lot, and everyone's like, you know, oh no, it's it's a good song, so I get it, and I'm like, I appreciate that, but I I still feel like I'm so good. <laughs> Listen to me. But in in truth, all the credit goes to John and Kenny because they did such an incredible job with that song, writing it, putting it together. Um. But I actually shared it on Instagram recently because I was like, I, I just want to, I just want to put this out there and have some fun with it. But I do want to share all the buttersweet songs because that's what they are. They're, it's from a, it's there's a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> but two dudes lore. <laughs> there's, we have a whole world that we've built for this show. Um, with uh, within these ninety plus episodes that we've done so far, there's a whole lore. Um, but I've I've been listening to that a lot, and it's it's a really good song, and I really like it. But it is, it is. I it is embarrassing because of how often I do listen to it, and it's like, you know, uh, I still think my favorite song though is the friendship song. <laughs> but I think my favorite song of myself is is this new one. Um, other than that, I haven't been doing much. I got my birthday's coming up, so that's exciting. I guess. Woo! Um, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Anyway, so <laughs> folks, folks, when oh I, man, <laughs> the one folk, the one, person. the one folk, yeah, whatever, folk it. Is this <laughs> listen, folk. It's, it's probably still Brian from Idaho listening. <laughs> Mike actually sent me a thing. Said something. I love Idaho, and he said Brian would probably <laughs> like this. <laughs> Brian, that's his, that's his favorite thing. Probably is just Idaho, just Idaho potatoes. <laughs> this smells like the back of a potato truck. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the lure of two dudes. The lore has no allure and will not <laughs> lure you in. I appreciate that. Thank you, folks. So I'll good. be here every week for the next couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but what was i saying the birthday yeah whatever um <laughs> i did get a couple movies recently that i was very excited about mm. um i have them next to me well one of them i was very excited about the other one i used to be excited about but <laughs> so shout factory those those lovely people that they are um, released three of my childhood movies, which is kind of a weird thing to say, not just because it's a pun, but also it's weird that these are movies that I grew up with, but it's true. Um, Shout Factory released 4Ks of the original three Chucky movies. 
Um, I got the first one. I don't have the other two yet because they weren't at Best Buy when I went to buy them, but I have the first one. It looks very good. It's got a lot of bonus features, and I'm very excited to check out the rest. And I don't want to say too much more because I actually do really want to get that on the show at some point. The other movie, this is a big one, folks. This is huge. The final movie of the Jurassic Park franchise, the much-beloved Jurassic World Dominion, is finally out on 4K disc, and I have it. It's in my hand. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's there. The funny thing is, Joey likes this movie more than I do, and yet I own it on 4K, and he hasn't gotten it yet. I'm preserving my memory of being able to <laughs> enjoy this um that that film um my here's my question to you and i'm sure the audiences might be thinking this the one folk <laughs> the, one, the, the one folk um so do you prefer the theatrical version or the extended version of colin trevorrow's seminal nearly billion dollar <laughs> hit jurassic world dominion <laughs> well if i had to pick between two incredibly perfect versions of of, of a single movie how do you do that? <laughs> you cover your eyes and throw it in the air and see which way it lands. That's how you do it. Uh, I, I can't do that. It's actually a nice case. <laughs> My OCD wouldn't let me do that. Um, but uh, to answer your question seriously, because that's what I am. I'm a serious person. Um, <laughs> Joey, Joey holding his laughter. <laughs> uh, I love you, Richard. But... <laughs> Yeah, he knows me too well. Um, so it, it doesn't. I, I think. I guess I like the extended version more. It doesn't really change much. But I, I and Joey knows this. I love the prologue. I was actually like, I remember when it, when they um, initially showed the prologue on YouTube not long ago before the movie came out, and I was like, that's really cool. I actually like this a lot. And then I saw the theatrical cut, and I was like, where the fuck's that scene? <laughs> where'd it go and and every time i complain about this i get i get the whole like oh they had to cut it for this they had to cut it for that and i'm like i get it i still don't care i think it's the one i want to jointly something about this movie um so i was happy that at least the extended cut brought that back but then it's like here's some more stuff i'm like oh okay <laughs> does it does it change no it doesn't change okay it doesn't change really anything at least i got that prologue though <laughs> and then you know what I I I I didn't even realize this, but like you know how they do that now this thing at the beginning of the movie, that's all just stuff from the short film that they did. Like it's all just like uh, footage that they use because like I don't know if you remember it was called like Battle at Big Rock. It's on the disc actually, mm -hmm. and uh, the whole bit was like uh, this family at uh, on on a camping trip in in their trailer or they're at a trailer park. I don't I think they were just in the woods or whatever. And a dinosaur, uh, there's dinosaurs fighting each other, then the dinosaur turns its attention to the family, and they are trying not to die. It's actually kind of a fun little short. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And then, and then in the credits, they have, like, um, almost, like, news or, like, cell phone footage of the dinosaurs existing in the world, and they use that exact same stuff. Granted, you know, Colin Trevorrow made all of it, so it's his call, but they used all that stuff in that now this segment, including a scene that references the short. And I was like, okay. Uh, it's, it's interesting, I guess. But 
No, I got. If I had to pick between the two at the end of the day, I'd probably say the extended just for the prologue. But other than that, it's. I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan of the movie, and it didn't really change my opinion of it. It's just. It's just a weird thing, and I don't know. I don't know. It's here's okay. Here's a question for you. Mm. At least as of now, you might change your answer after you watch it again. But because I always think of Rise of Skywalker when I watch this. Sure. Which one would you watch between the two? Rise of Skywalker or um, Dominion? Dominion. Yeah. Uh, right now, Dominion. It'd be interesting to see what happens after you watched it again. Mm. I I don't know. I think I think because because I loved the Last Jedi so much. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Rise of Skywalker was like, then again, maybe not so hard. You know what? Like, um, again, I need to see. I have only seen Dominion once in a th- in a theater with people who who did enjoy it. So that does affect your mood. Admit it does. It, it, it hypes you up a little. Like, oh my gosh, you know. But I think I almost thought you were going to ask me what's my least favorite Jurassic movie, and I would have said the other Colin Trevorrow one, uh, Jurassic <laughs> World. <laughs> That I was that was just I always think of that immediately, especially like because he was gonna make the final Star Wars movie, but yeah, it's a whole thing. I'd be curious what uh, the one folk thinks of the extended version uh, if they've seen it. So one folk, I have a feeling that there is one folk that will listen to this and will want to murder us both. Eh. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, is there anything else you wanted to bring? I'm actually very excited for this week's episode. But if you want to bring anything else up, I'm 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 totally excited for this week's episode. This is another one of those episodes where because we've done this in the past, we've paired like Marvel and DC movies because that's kind of the big thing right now. You know, what our third episode ever was Batman Superman. Um, and then in the past, do we? I can't shoot. What are some other ones that we did? Did we do more than one? We had to do. do we of, have to have of, done more than one. Of I'm sorry. Of, like Marvel, like Marvel DC pairings. Well, Superman, Batman, we did as like it was DC DC. Oh, that's right. Uh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if we did like Mar. Like, I hate that I can't remember off the top of my head because I feel like I feel like whenever do, we have I, have I been is this have I been misremembering this this whole time? No, because dude, think about it. Like whenever we talk about DC movie, you talk about like something completely different. Like, yeah. um, like, oh, one of the few times we did a Marvel and DC thing was Batman and Logan, but Logan's not an MCU yeah. movie. So, no. um, if you, if that's what you meant by Marvel. Um, and then like a lot of the Marvel stuff, like Ragnarok, we paired with Flash Gordon, Captain America, we paired with Rocketeer, that's Black right. Panther was paired with Creed, Infinite, uh, sorry, Endgame was paired with Avatar, um, Man. you know. We actually, I think I just I, I just blew my own mind. I, I you know like, what? I've been misremembering this this whole time. I think generally because we don't do like people always are like, oh, Marvel versus DC, which is you know very yeah. much been in the conversation for a very long time. Um, it's too long, especially the last decade, though. Um, yeah, as far as the film side of things, it's. Uh... I have to process this for a second, man. <laughs> just like I'm so this whole sorry. time, I kept thinking. I mean, there might be one because like, also, and then Aquaman we paired with Twenty Thousand Leagues. I don't know if I've already mentioned that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So I guess I guess uh, this is one of the few times that we've paired a Marvel and a DC movie. Though, you know what's funny though? <laughs> Originally, we had another Mar- Marvel and DC pairing. That's right. We had we had one this season, but then we moved it. Which I'm very excited about that episode. As that one's well. gonna take a second. 
just so you know. It will. <laughs> but it's exciting. They're both long movies. You might be able to guess one of them, maybe. Wink. Wink. <laughs> wink. Um, but uh, speaking of extended cuts. Uh, <laughs> this, that's so, an ext- listen, that's an extended cut that adds a lot. And I was surprised does. how much I enjoyed that. And I'm so happy Same. for the people who got that, who got to see that movie. You might be able to guess, hopefully, not what it is. <laughs> I'm happy that you um, have not been on the internet for the last like ten years. You'll uh, if you if you if you have no idea what we're talking about, you'll just be eternally guessing in your brain <laughs> <laughs> for 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 years to come. But anyway. Uh, I'm just gonna. My brain is just soup right now. I think, but I, this whole time I thought that was. I'm so sorry. Oh my god! It's, it's not your I fault. Lied. It's, it's, I wish it's I not your lied. fault. It's not your fault. I, I needed to. I needed. I needed the door opened. My brain was not. Like, I needed it. But no, this is a Marvel DC parody. <laughs> That's ultimately what we're leading to. The, it, um, it is yes. Yes, but it's also, it's two recent movies. One came out in 2020, and then one came out in 2021. And um, also, both of these movies are directed by Asian directors, mm-hmm. which we don't, we, we haven't really gotten to, to, to talk about. We most, Which is not, you know, in a lot of movies we talk about are movies that we love, but they're all made by white guys. A lot of them, yeah. Yes. And so it's nice when we get when we get to talk about films made by someone who's not a white guy. And so this week we have two, and that's fantastic. Yes, absolutely. And this this first movie um, is a movie that I love dearly. Not many don't, but that's okay. You 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 live your best life. But I love this movie dearly. Um, did you want me to say the title, or do you want? To I'll let it? you introduce this one because listen, guys. There's one thing you have to know about our show. The fact that this this one has been one of the earliest movies that Richards <laughs> wanted to get on the show, and the fact that after nearly a hundred episodes, it is finally here. It's it's made it. <laughs> it's made it. It's it's finally ho- it, the Eagles have finally picked up Frodo. Uh, picked up uh, Frodo. <laughs> brought brought him uh, brought him to Minas Tirith to, to you know to chill out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> this is at least the third of those endings <laughs> for how many times i've had to like i've changed the double feature pairings we've delayed it and i've oh finally been like you know what it's crazy how many like times we've changed it but l- anyway without mm. further anyway. ado richard what are we talking about for this first half we are talking about the 2021 or 2020 pardon me um kathy yun directed dc extended universe film Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. And yes, I am putting some goddamn respect on that title because I like it. It has a bunch of titles. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the the that was just hysterical. <laughs> like, like, like I, I put all this drama into it. Like, I'm putting some respect on that title. It's got a lot of titles. No, because I remember, like, movie theater. I mean, you and I know you remember this. Oh yeah. Movie, oh yeah. Movie theaters had like the title as like Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Um, some people have labeled it as just Birds of Prey. You know, um, mm-hmm. like. It's 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 kind of wild because um, I think a notable thing about this movie 
it is a obviously it is a spinoff of the David Ayer Suicide Squad, which, regardless of your feelings on that movie, um, made a lot of money. It made, was successful. It was a very it was. it was a successful movie. So people thought, hey, you know what? We're gonna have that Harley. It was already I think it was already greenlit. They were gonna do a, a Harley Quinn movie before um, the this Suicide Squad even came out. The first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so this came out in. Um, I'm just looking at this real quick. Uh, February 7th of 2020. Literally right on the cusp of COVID coming into our lives. Well, by then, by then I think it already become a thing, but it wasn't as widespread as it was a, a few a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. Right. Because by because like that was because this movie like speaking of box office like obviously this movie struggled. At the yeah. box office, and part of that is, I, th- I mean, obviously it being a follow-up to a movie that a lot of people didn't particularly care for. Successful as it was, they just didn't seem to care for it all that much. Like, they, some people outright hated it, especially the Jared Leto Joker stuff, which I get. Um, and so to make a follow-up from that movie is hard enough, let alone having a title that people constantly had an issue with, as we were mentioning, even changing it in the theater. I remember, because I work at a movie theater, I remember, like, coming into work when we were having it and just seeing it say Harley Quinn on it. I'm like, is that, like, official? Because, like, the posters still said Birds of Prey. and it was, it was interesting, like, everything that they were trying to do to, like, get people to come see the movie. And then, of course, um, the pandemic was kicking up, and that kind of sealed the deal a little bit, like... What was the final box office take that it, um, it for its theatrical run? I should say, um, according to what I'm looking at, the budget was like it was like I thought I was reading somewhere like eighty four and a half million, like mm-hmm. or but some sources say up to a hundred million, which for a superhero movie is not a lot of money because some of these things yeah. can cost like one fifty minimum easy. Um, worldwide, it made two hundred one point nine million, which was barely. Like the break-even point for this thing was rumored to be two fifty to three hundred million, um, yeah. Which I think it could have, it had the potential to reach, had it had a more traditional um, theatrical release, um, and that's mm-hmm. and it was going to have that, except for the fact that we had you know big COVID, um, and it was obviously one of those titles that was released to digital a little earlier than anticipated, if I'm not mistaken, because... I do believe you're right, yeah. Because of COVID. Um, you know, so... Uh, yeah, and I, I didn't get to see this in, in theaters. I didn't have... I didn't think the trailers looked that interesting to me. And That's I know fair. I'm not the only one who thought that, but there's probably other people who had that for more insidious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but... Yeah, I, I think about this movie, like Onward... Um, Son- Sonic, Sonic, uh, the Gentleman, like a bunch of these movies that came out like <laughs> a month or so before, you know, and then before everything shut down. I even remember going to the theater with, I mean, I was going to see it, you know, by myself. But I think my friend Eric, that you know, that you've met, um, uh, I think he and I were going to, we're planning to see it together, and then he brought one of his friends, and. I, I do remember thinking how weird it felt at the time, just because I think we kept hearing about COVID and, and like it wasn't like a big prevalent thing. And I also remember at the time, like I my sister and I were supposed to go on a big trip to Disney World, not to bring up 
you know, harsh memories, Shelly, if you're listening to this, and I apologize, but, um, and I remember we were supposed to plan this big Disney trip, but then, um, COVID obviously canceled that, or at least it, for me it did, and, uh, that was, there was just a lot, like, going through my brain, and so, I'm, like, I'm trying to watch this movie, and I very much enjoyed it when I watched it in theaters, but it's also, like, such a weird memory because it's like again it's like right at that point where everything is starting to shift to how things ended up being in march i remember that last day that last week of work they were like all right we're shut down we're just gonna clean everything and we're all huddled together we don't even know we're supposed to wear masks you know (laughs) and um it was it was kind of bittersweet because that was like the last week of like work and that's the last time i saw probably 70% of the people that I used to work with because a lot of them didn't come back. A lot of them, not to just make this about COVID, but that's just part of the memory. But, um, I just remember, uh, a lot of people not coming back. A lot of people weren't asked back, you know, people, some people got other jobs during the thing. And now it's just, everything's so different. Like it's starting to kind of go back to normal, but it doesn't feel normal. Mm -hmm. I don't think it ever really will anymore. No. Um, but I do remember this was one of my last theatrical experiences before, because I think Onward was the last movie I saw in theaters before everything shut down. Even that one, as much as I liked that one, that one was a weird experience as well. Just, you know, I don't know. Do you, did you feel the same for the last, what was the last movie you saw? Was it the last, Sonic? The last two were Sonic and The Gentleman, which I liked both. I, I mean, I liked both. Um, I really want to revisit The Gentleman someday, but... Um, yeah, it was very strange because also that weekend where everything shut down, I was supposed to see not only Onward, uh, I was also supposed to see King Kong because TCM had like a few right. events. I mean, I you telling me about that. I've seen it before on the big screen. I saw it on thirty five millimeter at the film forum, but I wanted to see it again, you know. And it's your, um, it's like your, it's your favorite movie. So it's my I mean, favorite, yeah. So like it, that was that that kind of stunk that I didn't get to do that. I was supposed to see it with. Um, We'll see with Mike and Feehan, and uh, the kind of stunk that we never got to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- that's a lot of this movie. I, I people, and I think people are like, "Oh, it was such a di- financial disaster," and people just never take into account that this was one of the last movies before the shutdown. You know? And, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying this thing would have been like a billion dollar thing, you know. But and I also think too, unfortunately, there was the contrast with the other R-rated DC movie that had come out not that long ago joker joker made a billion dollars on and was significantly cheaper Diff- very oh, different yeah. different kind of movie both are oh, yeah. i think are different kinds of movies than what you normally get but still mm-hmm. you know that one even more so um so i think unfortunately harley quinn had those uh, uh, comparisons going against yeah it, it had a lot of obstacles that it had to to, to get through and and in many in many instances from like a financial standpoint it didn't it didn't hit the mark but as far as a movie is concerned if you ask me it's it's something that gives me a lot of a lot of stuff in this genre that I don't really get anymore from a lot of other movies and I think and we talked about this before in like our in our personal time like we talked about sort of the state of like Marvel DC stuff like every now and then and how I think I personally prefer, like, and again, there's bias because I'm a DC person, admittedly, but, you know, I kind of like the, like, weird sort of experimental aspect. I think Patrick Willems was saying this on Twitter not long ago, but, like, that weird experimental aspect of, like, well, you know, our, our big movies aren't working out. Let's just see what, let's just see what we can do. Right. 
And I think Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, really is kind of a prime example of that. Just like, well, people loved Harley Quinn. Um, let's uh, let's 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 go with that. And and Harley Quinn's an incredible like, like Harley Quinn in many respects is kind of like because Batman for the longest time was like the most popular character at DC, and then in recent years I think Harley Quinn has sort of basically almost matched or even overtaken Batman in popularity because like even though I still see more Batman books and more Batman related things than anything else, I do think Harley Quinn gets her fair share as almost as often as Batman does. I, I think she's a character where she's certainly like, um, she's a very popular character among like the fans, you know, mm-hmm. like um, people, I think, you know, obviously her popularity has increased because of, you know, the, the movies, Marco Robbie, you know, mm-hmm. portraying this. And even, and even just like the way that the characters evolved yes. from like who she was from the Batman animated series where she started, um, Paul Dini, Bruce Tim creators, um, and uh, to where she is now, which in many respects she's kind of like a, a symbol for getting out of uh, traumatic relationships in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah, you know, which you know, again, for anyone that's that's going through that, you know, I you know, it's 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 from what I've never had that experience, so I can't speak for that, but I can say from from conversations I've had with people, it's definitely an incredibly harrowing and scary situation Mm -hmm. and i i hate to hear anyone being in that honestly yeah yeah um it's you know she's she's been a very popular character um so having her having a spin-off movie just made just made sense like if i was a studio Mm -hmm. exec i would totally green light that it just you know no and it's nice that Sorry, it's it's nice that um, Margot Robbie got to be a producer on that one and have a little bit more creative control. And um, I'm not, I don't know how much she dictated on the project as far as like who was hired, but clearly she has a lot of love for the character. And I mean, we talked about that when we did the Suicide Squad episode for James Gunn, and you know she's incredible in that as well. Yeah. Um, and so she she had a she had a lot of pull on this one and uh she got a lot of great people i think i think one of the highlights for me is uh the cast the cat now that's in this movie yeah now listen like i keep saying harley quinn and that's i apologize like it's also it's birds of prey like the ladies they got um to play these characters fantastic it's like they're they're really entertaining and i I think it's like i really love to see them more things as these characters Mm -hmm. and i you know what and with all the stuff going on with the discovery merger like this the headache that it is i am glad that it seems like journey smollett is still going to be getting her black canary show yeah with uh the creator of lovecraft country which i love that show as we've talked about on yes. the show, yes. <laughs> on this show, <laughs> yeah, um, I've said the word "show" so many times. Um, but no, no, like you said, she's fantastic, and I, I like the journey her character goes through. Um, Black Canaries in this, <laughs> no, no pun intended. The journey, that journey, because the, the adventure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like it's you know because she's working working for. Um, is he black mask like usually is yeah. like, like the character like 
Yeah, the character's name is Black Mask, but his real name is Roman Sionis. That's his whole thing. I, I just kept referring to him as, like, Agitated Obi-Wan. <laughs> Uh, throughout, because uh, Ewan McGregor uh, <laughs> plays the villain in this, but we'll get to him in a second. Um, Ro- Rosie Perez, um, oh, she's, she's great in this. She's great. Um, Renee Montoya is mm-hmm. the character she plays. I think I don't remember if Rose if Renee Montoya started in the comics or if because I remember Re- Renee Montoya started in. I know there was a she was on the the animated series like Harley Quinn was, but I'm pretty sure she started in the comics, but I, I, I don't remember currently, um, admittedly. According to Wikipedia, which could be complete BS, but they're usually pretty good. Um, <laughs> a character was created by Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, uh, and uh, Mitch Bryan. Animated series. For the animated series. So, there you go. Um, and then in- introduced into comics later. So, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, and then um, uh, <laughs> the Huntress is a fun character. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, what a treasure of a person, honestly. She returns to our show. She returns to our show. Um, Freaking um, Scott Pilgrim is what she was in last. I ne- We need to talk about more movies with her. Yes. Ramona. No, she's fantastic. Still, I still think of that song. She's fantastic. But there's like this this movie, I, I think stylistically, I think you'd agree, like it's gorgeous. But like the story, the story is is... There's a lot going on. Yeah. Which is kind of the point, I guess, because they kind of do like the Deadpool thing where Harley Quinn narrates the whole story. Yeah. She breaks the wall. She breaks the fourth wall sometimes. But uh, the whole, like, obviously the whole gist is that like every now and then she'll be like, wait, I should have said this. Let me go back a second. Mm-hmm. So like, at least, at least with the opening of the movie, it sort of feels like a lot's happening at once. But then, as it kind of settles in, like it's sort of straightforward from that point on. Yeah. But essentially, the gist of the story is, um, it is it, like I, I understand the criticisms of like the title and like what it's representing, because the movie is very much a Harley Quinn movie, and um, Harley Quinn at this point in the film uh, is, or this point in. Uh, the, I guess the DC universe um, it has broken up with the Joker. And so she's initially heartbroken and she's trying to like adjust a little bit. And then eventually she gets to the point where she's like, you know what? Nah, I I'm good. But then it's like, well, being with the Joker offered a lot of protection. <laughs> and so once the Joker's out of the picture, so many people are like, yeah, let's kill her. Yep. And so, so many people are coming after Harley Quinn for various things that Harley Quinn has done to other people, mm-hmm. including uh, one of the funniest ones, I think, is uh, the the one guy that got his face tattooed. Yes. <laughs> Look at my face. Look at my face! <laughs> like, that wasn't me. He did it. But you dared him to do it. <laughs> I dared people to do a lot of things. <laughs> uh, but... And, and it's funny too, like as a visual gag, like they'll zoom in on the person and then they'll say who it is and what the grievance is. I love that. Uh, the, one of the funnier ones is when um, uh, she mentions Roman Sionis uh, having a grievance, but it's like a million things, just like he's misogynistic or uh, she voted for Bernie <laughs> or she has a vagina, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like all like, which, you know, same as misogyny, but whatever. Uh, point is, it's just it's just a, f- a funny sight gag, and um, so 
her, her way out of you know getting killed by people especially roman sionis is to help find this diamond which is uh sort of the macguffin of the movie uh the bertinelli diamond which uh is not any old diamond it like uh within its um atomic structure it has codes to like the fortune of the family or whatever right and basically everybody involved is all kind of zeroed in on this diamond so like roman wants the diamond because he wants the fortune harley wants the diamond so that she doesn't get killed um uh renee montoya wants the diamond because it's proof that you know roman sionis is you know a crooked person um black canaries after not really after the diamond but is there to help to you know prevent roman from getting it huntress is a bertinelli which uh, i love i love uh when she finally shows up in the third act of the movie because that's admittedly that's kind of the downside is that you know um some of the characters don't get as much screen time but i love when she finally shows up and she's just like she steals the whole movie <laughs> she's so funny <laughs> i don't have rage issues <laughs> like she like she's finally about to say like they call me you're you're a bertinelli for fuck's sake <laughs> I, I think i love it where, where they're like they called it a bow and arrow and, <laughs> and she's like i'm not 12 <laughs> it's, cross- it's crossbow it's not a bow and arrow i'm not 12 <laughs> yeah i do think that uh, is a a, a, a a grievance um though i didn't feel like they were underdeveloped necessarily because I, I clearly understood who these ladies were what their goals were um gotta also give props before i go um the actress who plays uh cassandra kane yes um which what's her what's her name i'm I'm looking up i I feel bad because i know um give me two seconds i'm so sorry uh you get you get i have it uh ellen ella j bosco ella Um, j bosco mm -hmm. no she's great um she's she's very good there is a grievance with her because obviously in the comics cassandra kane is like one of the most badass batgirls in existence she's like silent she's like a silent killer and then batman's like you know oh you know you don't have to kill people it's like a whole thing and she had one of the coolest uh card artworks uh in the versus system mm -hmm. which is very she's got like the stitch the stitches on her mask that covers her mouth Mm -hmm. yeah so i know a lot of people had some grievance with that but like i still thought the care this version of the character was fun and i liked uh the performance that was given um she basically becomes the target for everybody too because she swallows because she's a pickpocket mm-hmm. in the film and she swallows the diamond. Yep. And so now and I just love like Harley Quinn just constantly trying to make her poop. So so she buys like tons of laxatives. Or she doesn't buy them actually. She yeah, steals them. Steals them. Because because, you know, money is for fools. <laughs> I mean, Richard, they're still uh they're still bad guys. It's what they do. <laughs> yeah. What are we, some kind of suicide squad? Point point being, I get that they're all care. I mean, I think from because people want everything to be like a cinematic universe, and like they want to because this is part of the DC extended universe. How is this going to connect to the other installments? Are we going to get other things? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, this felt like a night. I I would want sequels to this, but like, it felt like a nice enough self contained story. But I think part of that is because my own bias as somebody um, who doesn't read this stuff. And I'm just like, I just want a good time. And I like the characters well enough, so I don't have the expectations of, like, 
oh my gosh, they didn't give Huntress enough to do. Uh, me, I'm just like, holy shit. Huntress, a card that I, a, a, a versus system card I played with <laughs> as a kid, is in a fucking movie. What the fuck? Like, and, and played by one of the best, uh, yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I, I, I mean, mean, yeah. Like, I, I'm like, if you had told me, like, I'm like, wow, this card is going to be in a movie? You know, because that, that's what it was to me, you know, as a kid. Um, right. Also, the other thing is, too, as we said, this is an, a very R-rated movie. Um, yes. You know, and I think I, I've, a lot of that, I think, is, like, especially thematic. Like, I think about, um, let's get to the villain. Um, uh, <sighs> agitated Obi-Wan. Oh, freaking Ewan McGregor in this movie, man. Um, like, yeah. Like, we got, listen, there's so many, like... Like obviously, so many superhero movies, which means we have so many supervillains out there. You got Thanos, you got Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleck, you know. But very rarely do we feel like we have villains anymore that are just like pieces of shit. Like they're they're like some of the villains, like like when you watch like Infinity War, I find Thanos to be completely detestable. But the movie takes great lengths to make you have you sort of understand his point of view yeah uh whereas what i love about um black mask ricky uh is it ricky sionis uh R roman Ro roman sionis ricky. i'm gonna call him ricky now whatever his name is ricky <laughs> <laughs> you can just call him black mask it's fine black mask. sorry well, blast of no blast <laughs> <laughs> You just reminded me of Kenny every time we try to record something. He calls me Ricky, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what? Roman. When in, when in Rome, call him Ricky. Um, <laughs> no, because there are people... Uh, your point being, yes, no, please. Um, he's quite great in this. Um, I like mm -hmm. that he's just a piece of garbage, but he's also oh, yeah. so, he's also just so goofy. Like, when something doesn't go his way, he's, like, such a big baby about it. <laughs> he's totally petty about it. Like, like you just, like, like his his whole point is that it's it's him. It's me. These are my things. My things. Mm -hmm. Everyone's messing with my things. <laughs> me. <laughs> and it's it's so wonderful. And, and he has, clearly, um, Ewan McGregor is having an absolute ball with this character. And... I just I love it. I I love I love the performance. I love the portrayal. I love the silliness of it. But yet there's like a, a heavy darkness and scariness to it as well. I mean, there's that whole scene in the club where he's just like having a pan. He's like having a fit, and unfortunately, he puts that rage towards uh you know someone that he knows that frequences his club, and that that's one of the most like like hard. That's probably the hardest scene to watch in the whole movie. Yeah. No, for sure. I'm not going to go into detail about it, but I'll just say that you know he forces uh, a, a a patron, a woman, to do something she doesn't want to do. Yeah. Um, I also say too. I know people. There were people who did have a problem with this character, also because Black Mask, because people do like Black Mask, I guess, as a character in other things. I'm not doubting Apparently. these people. I'm just like, it's just so. It's just like, ah, oh, you got rid of him like that. We could have had a 13 film arc. <laughs> It's like everybody wants everybody wants the characters to be like Loki, where Loki just doesn't like stop. Loki, like we're getting this. Think about this, Richard. We were introduced to Loki in 2011. Okay, we're getting a second season of Loki. We're getting a second season of Loki, where he's no longer a villain, 
where he's an he's an anti-hero or i guess or like a hero i don't know um he's a, it's a whole thing like listen listen okay just these are these are colorful saturday morning cartoon characters and the last thing they need to be doing is just you know we we, we i don't know i, no, I well, don't here's, know here's, i guess my i guess my point is like people want the comic book storytelling to be directly translated to film and sometimes yeah, that works do. but sometimes i think you, you just gotta a movie is a more limited thing you know and you just kind of it's got to be more contained um because yeah. and also too i know people had a problem with that black mask character kind of like what you were talking about with cassandra kane a little bit where it's just like it's like that this is nothing like like character i knew you know kind of and again i i, I can't say much because i'm not i don't know about I'm, that I'm, 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 <laughs> i don't know no because there listen i'm not speaking I, i'm just this is what i have you know no i'm just i'm just talking to like those people those people like it's like because like Black Mask in the comics is like a is like a gangster, mm-hmm. you know he's he's kind of a piece of shit like gangster like I want my money yeah. kind of guy. The only the only the only reason he's even like quote unquote a supervillain is because uh, the mask like the black mask itself fused to his head, so he so he can't take it off. I think that's one thing people wanted. <laughs> like like listen, he got he had it later in the movie. It was the first thing you saw in the movie. Like. The last thing they're going to do is fuse it to his head, and I don't know. Maybe they should have. I don't know. Personally, um, I don't particularly care. Yeah. I thought Ewan McGregor was great. Um, you know, I think there's also, I think, a justifiable mentality that sometimes characters who are masked all the time don't work so well. I mean, like, think of, like, you know, I think Mandalorian's probably an exception, but think of, like, Tom Hardy's Bane. Yeah. Like, you know, that's a character that was masked the entire time, and I do think he, I do like Tom Hardy in the movie, but also there's a detachment for so many people because you're not seeing the whole face. But also with Mandalorian, there are times where we see, we see Pedro Pascal's face, and it's yeah. important. It's it's really important to do that, Um, and you don't want to just cover up, like, Ewan McGregor. I know people are like, oh, you should have the, vo- the voice acting stuff, and I get that part of it, but also, like, as a movie, I also want to. I want to get if I'm paying to see Ewan McGregor, I want. I, I you know I want to have the full you know full package. Right. Um, I also I also don't want to. I just want to reiterate this. I don't want this to be a justification for for anti maskers. <laughs> no, like, no, please. Yeah, no, yeah. Listen, don't. I know I know people are like laxing lackadaisical with mask stuff now, but it's still important. But anyway. Uh, the I, I think the one thing like that was really impressive to me this time around. I mean, just really how colorful this movie it's is. it it is it is like a gusher burst of color everywhere. That's a perfect way to describe that. Oh my gosh, it's so it's oh my god. I I give so many props for this film to to specifically Kathy Young who directed it. I still need to f- watch Dead Pigs. Another movie she directed, and I I wanted to do that before we recorded, but it's all good. I'll, I am going to watch it though. Mm. I will watch Dead Pigs, um, but um, everything she did for this movie, like it's so colorful, um, it's so exciting. Like the action scenes, she got like a lot of the John Wick people to come in. Chad Stahelski, I think, came in and helped with the fight choreography, which you can tell watching it. A lot of that kind of John Wick inspiration, which I think uh, works very well. Mm-hmm. The fight scenes are incredible, incredibly well directed and choreographed. Um, 
and like even like i still remember like there's that shot where um it's towards the end of the movie and harley quinn and cassandra kane are walking to amusement mile uh, to get to the finale of the movie, and it's just them kind of going down a hill, and the street is just lit purple. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's like beautifully perfect purple, uh, perfectly lit purple, and I love it so much, and it's just like, it's so sad that I feel like I don't see this amount of color in, in movies anymore, especially in comic book movies. Or like, like or yeah, superhero movies. You don't really see bold color choices mm-hmm. like that anymore. Um, I think about like I think one of my favorite things um I like when she raids like the the police station and that scene is amazing that is so like and she the way like her gut and just like you just see like the different powders and things like different the glitter like the glitter. I, I, one of the best ones is when she shoots the cop in the butt and then it just yeah <laughs> or like that great shot when she walks out of the like blue and pink because like you know, match her hair color the blue yes, and pink smoke yes mm. and she's smiling like it's so good dude yeah I, I i really like that um i really like that a lot um of course there's all the like little animated bits uh tor- especially towards the beginning uh, mm-hmm. catches up on things and i think that 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 was really nice um the madonna the or not madonna, i keep missing the marilyn monroe part yes the, the marilyn the monroe gentlemen prefer blondes um you know yes. diamonds are girls best friend um you know that was that was nice I, the, the final battle scene of the movie, cause listen, we're so used to like, now we have like the big blue beam in the sky, which suicide squad is a big, you know, <laughs> it did it. It did the big blue beam. And you have like, you fight like, like endless CGI armies. And it was nice to see, like, we have like a goofy looking roller rink looking, <laughs> it looks gorgeous. And these, and I'm like, it's just, these people are just fighting people. It's, it's just a bunch of stuntmen and like silly, like creepy masks. Yeah, and um, our our titular team, the Birds of Prey themselves, um, all fighting, and uh, uh, it's so fun to watch. Then the, I love the the car chase scene before we get to that final um, beautiful death for for an earned death for Black Mask for being as much of a piece of shit as he is, but like. Because like they kind of set it up to it early in the movie with Harley Quinn and getting into roller derby, and like I, <laughs> I love how vicious she is. She just cracks someone in the face after she's already checked them. Like that's a little, that's a little, that's a little extra, don't you mm-hmm. think? Oh yeah. But it it works for Harley. Um, and then of course uh, we get to the scene when she's trying to save Cassandra Kane from Black Mask, and so I just I think that's so well done that whole scene. Like there, there's no point watching this that you feel like you're watching some like crazy CG background or thing necessarily. Maybe some smoke here and there, but that's about it. No, like the reality of the movie is very, it's very believable. Everything, yes, you know, that's it's so incredibly tangible. And I believe that the hyena, like, yes, like, like it's actually a dog that they've like modeled over as to be a hyena, but it works so well. It, it looks pretty great. Um, pretty great. Um, I also. There's, there's so much i mean that whole fight scene at the end is is pretty fantastic um i fantabulous love fantabulous as as one would say um can i just say, and i said this to you i think after we watched it like we you with these movies we forget sometimes that she's she's a doctor <laughs> <laughs> sadly Cause, sadly because i don't think i mean it's been a second since i watched the no. suit in, oh, sorry. In Suicide Squad, they they had like a scene where she psychoanalyzes Katana 
but that was deleted and then put back in the extended oh cut. Oh my remember that? god. Yeah, oh Do you my, remember that? I, I don't remember that because I'd rather not, but... <laughs> <laughs> I just remember seeing that going, why wasn't this in the movie? Yeah, um, I don't know. But, but I don't, and, and, and James Gunn's um, The Suicide Squad, I don't remember... I mean, she's great in that movie, and she's fantastic, but I don't remember mm-hmm. anything... Not that it's like, oh, I need this to check off X, Y. Right. It's like, this is a character, she's a doctor. And, she, you know, even if she has, like, <laughs> you know, quote, unquote, like, crazy moments, it would be fun to, like, explore, like, oh, yeah, you know, she's got that side to her. I will say, in his defense, though, he I think he put more into the gymnast aspect of Harley Quinn, because she's also a gymnast. Okay. In, than in some of the other, like, I think, I think... Um, in this movie, obviously, I think that comes out in the fight choreography, and I think she does really good in that. But, like, I think of the scene in, in The Suicide Squad when she actually, when Margot Robbie herself actually, like, uses her feet to get out of the, like, when she's hanging there. Like, I thought that was a really cool moment that was very Harley Quinn as well. But as far as the Doctor thing, yeah, they tend to, they tend to overlook that a little bit um, to kind of lean more into like the silly stuff that which is appropriate but also it's like it's great when uh like harley quinn almost almost like like an adhd sort of way she just kind of bursts in and says something incredibly like clinical (laughs) about someone and it's she does it i think like three times maybe in the movie that i can remember i think so something like that she does like she does it once to huntress then she does it another time to uh the driver whose leg she just broke (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then i think there's a third one but i can't remember exactly what it is but yeah i did like that quite a bit like the whole like this whole movie i think it's just so much fun it it it's got a, a lot of amazing characters a lot of great performances all across the board and i like it's definitely one of those movies that like i feel like d- it got more hate than it deserved and i don't think any of it well, like I get, I get some of the criticisms, and I do think some are justifiable. But ultimately, you know, I think it's it, it definitely feels like one of those situations where like you watch the movie, and it's like, do people just not like fun? <laughs> I think you people know? have a very like you know. I mean, again, people have like different. I think some of it. I'm trying to justify address like the ones that are like not yeah raging assholes. But I think pe- misogynistic people, raging. Assholes. Yeah, you know, and I think people have like it. I think. I think Mar- this also happens with Marvel, where, like, people have an expectation of, like, a certain, even a cinematic shared yeah. universe to have a shared style, basically. And mm-hmm. the thing I like about some of the last couple DC movies is that if you had asked me, are these going to be in the same universe? I don't know if I'd be able to tell you that. I just know that they're, they're mm. it, I think they're appropriate. Like, I think Shazam, like, is mm-hmm. a great example. You know, um, Aquaman is another one. Um, like one, the first Wonder Woman, you know, like they work for those characters. And I think that would, that was a great template, I think for a shared universe and who knows what they're going to do next with, you know, everything they got (laughs) cooking at all this, all this weird stuff with the merger. Um, yeah, but like, and I think when you see, and I think you were talking about this too, it made you think a little bit of Joel Schumacher in terms of some of the, and I think. For us, that's a good thing because I think you and I both oh, enjoy yeah. like seeing the sets and the really colorful costumes and the certain flamboyant, like whatever. It, it, it looked great, I think. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> like like just the you know kind of that that cartoonish, colorful appeal that you love to see in in a comic book movie. Like like 
that's I think that's one of the things I've always been sort of bothered by with a lot of comic book adaptations, su- superhero specifically adaptations, is that it never it always really feels like they're adapting more of the story, but when it comes to a comic, there's a visual aspect to it as well. Yeah, you know, and I and I think comic artists don't get enough credit enough on their own, unfortunately, in the world of comics. But as far as translating to a film, um, I think the the more colorful and exciting a movie can look, I think that feels more representative of what a comic is because like when you the first thing you do is you open the book and it's that burst of color and the great art and 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 the just the exciting dynamics that can go in each panel and sometimes it feels like a lot of superhero movies are lacking that so it's nice to see a movie like harley quinn that actually or Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn, you know. I See, even I did it. <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, it's yeah, just, you know. Um, but I was thinking about our, our, our Watchmen and V for Vendetta episode. Um, who um, Dave Gibbons did was the artist for Watchmen, right? And then... Mm-hmm. Um, David Lloyd was David the Lloyd. artist for V for Vendetta. And I think both of those, we'd agree, are very visually, like, really visually astounding couple of movies right there and i think yes w- regardless what your feelings in those movies are i think they are really great like examples of comic books um comic books come to life and i think this is a really solid example of that um as well you might if you're a fan you might be disappointed at like certain developments of certain of, of certain characters but i think it's a lot of fun i think there's a lot of great chemistry great villain beautiful um beautiful look at and i wish we had more yeah I wish we had a lot more. Um, don't don't uh, don't sleep on this one, guys. I think I think uh, a revisit is worth it. I think just 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 allow yourself to be sucked in by the the weird zaniness that is Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And with that, we are going to emancipate ourselves from this first half. And uh, Richard, I actually um, I got this like little like this fluffy guy, okay, and this fluffy guy. He's gonna take us to this magical city, uh, Talo. I think it's called. J- Joey, that that is a Wampa from Star Wars. And this is Morris. This is Morris, my buddy. He's been talking Joey, to me for the like last couple. Joey, of, you know. Joey, Joey, that is a Wampa from Star Wars, and you know it. <laughs> we'll, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That's right. I said the whole title again. It's a great title. Um, now, before I before we introduce the second one, I, I do want to say something. Um, so we talked about, obviously, this is a Marvel 
DC sort of pairing, but also I think one thing's worth noting that this is also a Joey and Richard pairing in in the in the respect that um, one movie is very me and one movie is very Joey. Um, that first movie, if you couldn't tell, was me. <laughs> um, but Joey, um, you picked this movie. It's a great pick. It's a fantastic movie, Joey. What is your pick for this double feature? Well, well, Richard. It is the 25th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Jesus Christ. Directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. And uh, this was one of my big surprises of 2021. I saw the trailer once. I know I'm building it up a lot. I saw the trailer once before seeing this movie. And boy, howdy, I'm glad I only saw it once because this is um, probably one of my favorite Marvel movies. This is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, we said the whole title. TikTok. It's it's okay for one. I love titles like that because it makes me think of Indiana Jones. Yes. So I hope um, the next title because I know they're developing. They haven't officially announced it yet, but they're going to do another one at some point. Um, and I hope it, it has like a ridiculous like artifact name or something or like something. Oh yeah, cool. You know, um, uh, Harry Potter. <sighs> say Harry Potter. What are you? No way to dampen my mood. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I thought you were gonna say "wait a damn minute," but then <laughs> Ricky Silas. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Here we go. <laughs> um, this was apparently in development for a long time because I was reading something that this was in development as early as two thousand one. Yeah, I do remember hearing about that. Which is so weird like, to think about. Like, that's way before... It's even way before the MCU as a thing. Mm-hmm. That was just after. That was just before Spider-Man, you know, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man came out. Um, but this movie uh, came out in 2021. Came out... Actually, it's going to be a year old this year, which is pretty crazy. It's crazy to think. Um, yeah. And this was one of those... I mean, we had... Like, movies were coming back towards the end of 2020, and then 2021 was when things were sort of starting to look more normal i'm not trying to say whether it's a good or a bad thing i like seeing movies in the movie theater but you know i understand well, i mean when it comes to that i'll just be blunt about it like i have i, I i'm i have my personal like whenever whenever we, any anyone talks about movie theaters and the, and like that whole conversation i literally have to take myself out of it yeah because not even just like from the, the the standpoint of just being uncomfortable and going into a movie still, even at this point, but also just the standpoint of I work at a movie theater, and so just the idea of wanting to go back to work and kind of knowing the inner workings of how a movie theater works, like I I feel like I have no say in this in that in that fight. Like I'm happy that there are some movies that got a theatrical release, and I'm happy that some movies are starting to make a billion dollars again, and you know I do think it sucks that movies like Prey aren't getting theatrical releases because that's such a great movie. But at the same time, I have my, my viewpoint, but I, I just, I can't, I, I do, can't I do partake in that. I understand. And I do hope someday, yeah. I hope someday that you can like, you know, re, you once know. I, once I leave my job, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope you find something. I hope there's gre- greener pastures, you know, uh, 
that, in, I appreciate that. in the future for uh, my dear friend Ricky Sionis. No, <laughs> <laughs> what? He's such a bastard. I know. Um, <laughs> no, but this was one of those movies. I mean, because right, the Marvel movie before this, I know there's a lot of like backstory for a lot of these things, but the Marvel movie before this was Black Widow, and I'm sure you remember this. Black Widow, a I only saw it once, but also B. It had a theatrical release while simultaneous um, Disney Plus like premium uh, for like a thirty mm-hmm. thirty dollar charge. They did this with a couple movies um, for thirty dollars. Um, Mulan was one. Raya was one. Jungle Cruise was um, another one. Jungle Cruise was another one. Which that's uh, it's 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 weird to think how many had that too. Yeah, it's like that was that was a thing for a while, and then. Um, and then Scarlett Johansson obviously was like, "What the fuck, guys? Like, pay me my money. Like, we need to renegotiate, you know." Which I get, but um, anyway, like Shang Chi was the first one, not only to like, re- like, like there was no Disney Plus version at the time of Shang Chi's release. It was going to be on Disney Plus. We all knew that, but it wasn't going to have a simultaneous release. And it was also one of the first movies because that was when they were starting to do the now standard 45-day theatrical window. What that means is back in the day, back in the day, it used to be 90 days. Okay, so 90 days your movie would only play in theaters. Then after that, you could have the, the home video platforms and the digital, you know, VOD streaming, that kind of thing. But now because because of COVID accelerating things, that has changed to the standard is now 45 though not every movie is following that obviously the big example no. is top gun because top, top gun, gun um, spider-man spider-man of course and shang chi actually got extended a little bit because it was doing it did pretty well for um, uh, think about this most general audiences have never heard of shang chi and at least for American audiences, I'm just going to speak American audiences, a number of these names are not familiar. Like, as far as, like, main... Because there's some great actors in this movie. Like, fantastic. Like, I'll, I'll fully admit I, I was not familiar with Tony Leung until I saw this movie. Um, yeah. I mean, I know who Michelle Yao was because, I mean, I've seen her so many a things. A number She's of things. always great. Yeah. But, um, but I know Tony Leung is a huge name. Um in in chinese cinema but like as far as uh as far as a lot of and then of course aquafina because you know by this point i think we all know who i I, I feel like in some ways for most audiences that was like the biggest deal like that's the that's the that's the name on this one was aquafina i think um but like you know and this movie and I, i was thinking about like black thinking back to black panther to how much it meant to so many people and this movie had while it wasn't as big as black panther i think it had it had a similar it did have a similar effect where a lot of people i think so too like, yeah. went to see it and they felt they felt represented they felt seen and especially you know, not to not to cut you off i keep i'm sorry no no i, think um, I know where you're going like, with this please talk about it especially after movies like mulan and and raya and last dragon like disney like disney has always been that company that's always trying but like it never really feels like it's like Disney's like a Midwestern Democrat father. Like, look, <laughs> look at us. See, we're we're representing, and it's like, are you? <laughs> it's like, look, they're they're all Asian. Like, are they all Chinese? I mean, you gotta you gotta remember, Asia's a big place. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like that was the whole thing I think with Raya. That was a criticism that. You know, there was not really any Southeast Asians that were voicing any of those characters. Right, yes, that was a big, um, 
I remember that. That's why nobody, I feel like nobody talks about that one anymore. Um, but also too, the other thing too, speaking with Asian audiences, like everything that happened with COVID and not that this made anything bad, yeah. not that this was no, like yeah. the be all end all to hate crimes and all that, but it was a nice, mm-hmm. like affirming, like, you know, hell yeah that's, kind of thing. That's why it was also, I think like, I, I, I still remember like with the Batman and that opening scene, as much as I do love the opening scene, like the fact that like the person that's targeted is an is an asian man mm-hmm. and it's it feels a little ill-timed yeah and again we're, we're two yeah. white guys so we're not like we're yes, not the experts yes. on this but i i know i have friends who have talked about this movie very positively um from that standpoint and we're very excited so that people who don't normally ever see marvel movies went out you know went out of their way so it's one of those things where if you get representation right it's not only like a nice experience but it's also if you're a studio it means a lot of money like capitalism like that's sadly what it boils down to but listen and the other thing is too like i fucking love this movie man it's 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 so fun um like and i'm not and i'm not a major expert um i do like martial arts movies but i'm not like an expert i feel like your your interest too i think it was this movie was well timed because i feel like your interest in martial arts movies from just from me noticing is has definitely grown tenfold yes and I think the fact that this movie kind of brings back that martial art kind of like like a like Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan aesthetic to it, um, especially with the incredible fight sequences and the choreography and that and this one, um, I think that was also just really great timing because you were just getting into that like on your own and then yeah. it's like by the way um, this Marvel going hey Joey. <laughs> Oh my god! Hey, Julie. <laughs> like, and you know, I didn't know how I was going to feel about this movie seeing it in the- in theaters, and then it ends up being mm-hmm. a huge favorite of especially, mine. Especially, because like Black Widow, because I know we're not neither of us are really huge fans of that one, and so, and I know like Marvel in general, we're like kind of lukewarm on, admittedly. And so, when it, when movies like Shang Chi come around, it really is like, holy shit, this is great. Like, it's one of those examples when Marvel wants to like make something a little different, a little, you know, I think actually in one thing I will say about it, I think in some ways, like obviously there are different things that, that are different from regular Marvel movies, but I feel like it's the Marvel formula done right. It's, it's, it's like the most perfect version of like, if I wanted to give somebody like the best version of like just a Marvel movie, like a Marvel, not this, not, not that this is just a Marvel movie, but like mm-hmm. the best version of like a, an MCU, like origin story. Like, this is, like, this is the standard. I feel like this is, like, the best. Because when you think about it, we haven't had an origin story since Doctor Strange, really. Not really, And, like, no. every other character has sort of been, like, like, Black Panther's first movie, he was already introduced in another movie. Same thing with Spider-Man, you know, and some of these other characters. And a lot of the other stuff is just, like, seek, like... Uh, like Captain Marvel, sort of, you know, that, that was another one, yeah. too. I forgot about, I forgot about Captain Marvel, not to um, completely blank out on that. But, um... It, it it really felt like like a really great version of that you know not to- yeah it, it kind of felt like this was the like it sh- i do agree i think this like as far as origin stories in, in the mcu i think this is a, a new standard yeah in in many respects um because like as far as the story is concerned because when we first are introduced to this film because you got to remember it's it's the legend of the ten rings so where where did we first hear about the Ten Rings? Way back yes. in the Twilight era, 
<laughs> at twilight see narcissism it's okay. uh, <laughs> um in but anyway the first iron man movie is what i'm talking about because in the first movie um who is the the group that kidnaps him it's the ten rings and then the ten rings are brought up again in iron man 3 when ben kingsley's character is masquerading as a terrorist or he's hired pardon me because he's an actor working actor um he's he's um hired by guy pierce's character to be a terrorist and um so the kind of ten rings lore mostly kind of sticks with iron man and then we come over to shang chi and we learn the ten rings actually have nothing to do with those people yeah like all that was malarkey mm. it was actually um tony leung's character um why what's his I, why am i blanking the on character, the character's character name yeah. Wen Wu. Wen Wu. Wen Wu. So we learn it was Wen Wu who has been alive for generations. A long time. Because because he has these actual ten, like, magic rings that he, you know, used to gain all this power and take over the world. And yet the, he hungered for more power. And then he found out about this place called Talo, which is like this mythical sort of thing, kind of like Wakanda or Atlantis or any of these other places that, you know, are in mythology, like this mythological place of dragons and, and creatures and, and, and whatnot. And he's prevented from going there by this this guard in one of the best fight sequences of any Marvel movie. Like, obviously, there's tons of great fight sequences in this movie, but I love that opening fight sequence with, uh, with uh, Shang-Chi's mom. Spoiler alert. Uh, he falls in love with the guard of, of Talo, and they start the family. He he puts the rings away, um, and he gives birth to a son and a daughter, uh, Shang Chi and Sha Ling. Um, though because of a lot of stuff that happens, uh, it, it, it's a little messy. Let's say, yeah, um, and that's like a lot of like just prologue stuff, right? Like you know, so we're, we sort of start the movie in like a lot of in a lot of that stuff. Um, but the main thrust of this thing. We have we're introduced to him as Sean, Sean, <laughs> Sean, <laughs> Sean, um, who works with his uh, played by Simulio, played and then who works with um, Aquafina's character Kate, Kate Katie, Katie, uh, and uh, as valet, as valet, very, very uh, Ferris Bueller uh, vibes. Obviously, you know the valet is taking the sports car and going for a joyride. Yes. Um, you know, and uh, he's it, it, they're they're content with where where they're at. You know, and as much as Jobu Tapaki is telling them, "Hey, you know, come on, grow up a little bit." Yeah, because she's in this and then, movie, and, and then and then they're both like, "Jobu Tapaki, run!" No, they're not like that. No, because <laughs> nobody has seen everything everywhere all at once yet. Um, <laughs> because well, that's the advantage. They don't know. They it's don't Jobu know. Tupaki. See, they don't know. Um, uh, but. Basically, like, you know, and 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 then what happens is that like these people attack. Like, he gets a he gets a postcard from his sister, but then like he gets attacked uh, by by these like <laughs> by these cr- like by a, these, like assassin guys, like these assassin guys, and they're all trying they're trying to get his like his jade um, pendant, his jade pendant, and um, that it, scene, that scene is great. Um, I just want to get through like the story, but basically the main story thing though is that when when Wu ultimately wants those those jade pendants 
and all this stuff. So that way, because he believes that if he goes to Tautlo and breaks the gate there, um, that he can get his, bring his wife back from the dead. But that's not really yes. the case because it's actually just like evil spirits going, Hey, hey, I'm your wife. Come save me, please. Thanks. You know? You want to come save me sometime, maybe? Yeah. And so they basically got to prevent him from doing that. But to talk about, like, the the, char- like the characters, right? And obviously, um, right. uh, Shang-Chi starts as Sean, as far as we know. Then he become, then we know him as Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Um, Simu Liu, I think he's one of my favorite Marvel leads to date. I think the, the guy is, on one hand, so charismatic, but also, like, so relatable in a lot of ways. Yes. Like, you, you, feel, you feel what he's going through. Like, you know, the struggle with his dad and everything. Um, and then, but also at the same time, like, he's so, char- like, I, that's, I think I prefer charming to snarky yes. when it comes to Mark. Because that seems to be, like, one end or the other. Either you're snarky, like Tony Stark, or you're charming, like Steve Rogers. And it's always like, well, we need to lean one way or another. And I always prefer the the charming. Like, you can have a little snark. You can have a little bit of, like, comedic jabs. But at the same time, you know, a little humility goes a long way. That's why it helps that they have Aquafina in this movie because I feel like she serves that function of like the snarky function uh, of the snarky function. You know, um, so that way our hero doesn't have to do. You know, um, and I think she's mm-hmm. good in the movie too. But it's like it's nice that our leading guy isn't just another Tony Stark or another Star Lord um, kind of character because mm-hmm. that could have also easily have happened. Yes, because like I feel like it. That's I completely. That's like a whole third archetype. I forgot, but that is very true. Like the whole kind of like, not to say doofus, but doofus. <laughs> you yeah, know, right? And I don't. Th- I think I don't think Shang Chi. I, I. I mean, I. I wouldn't say he's necessarily like Captain America, but I do think he leans more into like the charming, like humble, like like he's he's incredibly likable, and you 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 could easily see yourself spending time with him and have and having fun and. He, he's he, especially his chemistry with Katie and like you clearly can feel like like these are the bestest of friends and I also love I love the scene where he he like you know he get he gets Katie and they spent we spend time with Katie's family and we see that like relationship we see that he's like he he, he eats there you know but and he's like he's mm-hmm. willing to help out and like he cleans up after. Like he's him. a good guy. He's like a good dude. Like I, I'm almost crying about like how nice this dude is. <laughs> he's so nice. That <laughs> everyone else just tells jokes. Everyone else is like, like, oh, that's how we're gonna do it. Okay, joke insert here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but but I love it because it's it's you you believe him as just the regular guy, but then when he starts like kicking ass, I'm like, okay. Oh. When he when he immediately when he when he speaks um, in Chinese like he's like uh, you know I I don't want to hurt you uh, so like something something about to change here <laughs> something something's about to happen and then and then I love the lead in of like you know does he look like he could beat anybody up and then this poor Katie gets her head smashed in and he's like motherfuckers <laughs> yeah <laughs> well of course you know he doesn't say that because it's a Disney movie but still <laughs> Disney Marvel motherfuckers if this was a real <laughs> no um, but that. That bus scene um, is, I think, my favorite fight scene in any Marvel movie, bar none. In any MCU and, movie, I should say. And what a great way to introduce that character in that way. It's, yes. Um, we, we clearly get, okay, 
this dude was, you know, this dude was not showing Katie all of, all of his cards. And, yeah, he's he's definitely got some stuff up his sleeve, man. <laughs> uh, that whole fight scene, it makes you think of, like, some of the police story, like, Jackie Chan movies. Like, you mm-hmm. haven't seen those yet, but there's a lot of, like... But I, I've se- I, I'm familiar with your Jackie Chan, yeah, with, with his... Because in some of the other movies I've seen, like, oh, yeah, I don't yeah. particularly care for, and I will never support Brett Ratner by any means, but I do like the fight scenes in, uh, uh, shit, the Rush Hour movies. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think they do utilize Jackie Chan very well in those. Um, yeah, but like, and also if you guys like this movie, definitely check out those first couple, like the first three police story movies. I mean, like, cause also another person from this movie shows up in police story three, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, uh, this don't fo- die. This fight scene is, is really great. Um, a lot of fun. And even when they like, when you pull back a little bit, I'm still able to clearly like track the action and tell what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really nice. I think as far as the action goes, it kind of peaks there, but I think a lot of the other fights are really good throughout the movie oh oh yeah i mean and i i think a lot of credit to should go to because what i one of the things i was most excited to learn about this movie mm-hmm. uh, when uh i when i watched it on disney plus initially was the cinematography was done by bill pope mm-hmm. yeah um though he's credited as william pope but if you know who bill pope is like he's responsible for the cinematography of some of the best action movies and some of the best action scenes I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, the matrix, I think he did all the matrix movies. He did the latter two Spider-Man Sam Raimi films. He did Scott Pilgrim. You know I mean? This guy is done, has done some incredible stuff. And I don't think he's done any of the MCU movies. And so to see him come on board, I think that's one thing I've liked about phase four is that, they're getting some like really cool people to make yeah. some of these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just again, Sam Raimi doing Doctor Strange, Chloe Zhao making Eternals. Like, these are some genuinely incredible people. And, uh, you know, to see someone like Bill Pope handling a Marvel movie, and it, it clearly shows because this is some of the best cinematography I've seen in any Marvel movie, especially the fight scenes, the, 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 sh- the, sh- the shot of them. Um, the the way the camera moves i like some of the tracking shots even like the i love i think one of my favorite ones is uh the kind of upward angle shot when um it's like opening like fight scene between uh tony leung and and his wife and uh the, like the way the camera like sweeps with her yes. when she's like moving her legs like i love that so much yeah like th- that's that's pretty fantastic um i really like the um i forget i forget the thing the thing's name but like when uh shang chi is is in like the modern day and he's fighting off like the masked dude um oh yeah yeah like the the, the right hand man guy to yeah Wu. um yeah. you know and i thought that was a really cool um really cool scene um you know i th- the final battle it is a lot of there's a lot of cgi nonsense which is just sadly that's just part of these things you know but i think a lot of it is a lot of fun i mean you get a giant dragon at the end and uh, mm-hmm. how many Marvel movies can you say that? Not many. Sorry. Not many. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? And you know what? On that note, I think um, I just want to wish an amazing day and well wishes to every VFX artist that's ever worked for Marvel. Yes. No, absolutely. That that needs to be said. Yes. Um, I, would, I, really, I was just trying to say, like, a lot of them, the, the Marvel does, like, have that rely, reliance mm-hmm. on those, you know, so this was trying yeah. to say. No, but, yeah. Um, but and also honestly watching it on disc this is the first time i actually watched my 4k copy 
it looks a lot. It looks so much better. Looked a lot Ooh. better than the Disney Plus stream, and when I saw it in, in a bad, poorly projected movie theater, you know, like that's the it, worst. Like, and I, I like that scene where he, where Shang Chi is inevitably fighting Wen Wu. Like that should that should be like woo woo woo, and it was sad for a while. Like the best version of that that I saw was like somebody's like brightened gif <laughs> on my phone. I'm like, really? I'm getting a premium experience on Twitter over a movie theater I paid. Like I, I used my AMC A list. Like whatever. Um, I want to talk about the other characters um in this movie. Mm-hmm. I know but the fight scenes and stuff. Um, yeah. Like, got to talk about Tony Leung, who. Like fantastic. so stoic, he's very. I mean, listen, like anybody who's no, who knows Tony Leung, like so many, um, so many great movies he's been. I've seen a couple, a couple of you know movies he's been like Hard Boiled. Um, he's in there with, with Chow Young Fat. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in the mood for love, of course. Uh, let's say let's just getting a 4K Criterion release. Yep. Um, you know, Chungking Express is a good movie, and uh, The Infernal Affairs. Um, mm-hmm. movies are getting a Blu-ray finally. Um, he's an international, like, superstar. And this is, like, I think this is, like, his first major, like, Amer- like American, like, part, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? I think so. Because um, most American most audience, American audiences don't know who he is. Yeah, it's, but he, that, like I was but saying if, earlier. But if like, you live, you know, yeah. elsewhere, he's a major movie star. Huge movie star. And I would say the sexiest Marvel villain, but that's a whole other thing. He is, listen, I mean, I have a personal love for evil elizabeth olsen but that's just me that's fine <laughs> i know you have a thing with the black fingers but you know what i'll take it it's so weird <laughs> but anyway um no but but he, i do think he's very sexy and i think also too i think they do like the simp like the sympathetic villain thing better here than they do in, mm-hmm. uh, in other stories because i still feel like there's 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 again like a lot of these movies lately a lot of movies lately not just marvel movies like the like the the family trauma element yeah. of it like with with Shang Chi and Xiaoling's like relationship with their dad, and we're reminded like listen like you know on some level they did have good times, but there's also memories where he did not treat them well. And, no, and you know. and he has a sort of villainous background because he started off like as a conqueror. Yes, exactly. And he only was he was kind of domesticated, if you will, mm-hmm. when he when he started a family. But then that sort of changed when his wife was killed and you know he he wasn't there but like he does blame himself but he also blames like he blames shang chi because you know even though he was a kid he's like you didn't do anything yeah you watched it happen and so like he's he's a broken man with evil tendencies like that's a time bomb right there Um, and yeah the influence of the the soul sucker thing is what triggers him, and he's like, I, I, I need to save my wife. I don't care who's in my way. I don't even care if it's my own son, my daughter. They will both be murdered by me. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. I yep. want my wife. Um, I will tear the world to pieces. Yes. So it's like, like you feel like it's a very personal thing, and I think, I think, I, I think I, I like that sort of like, you know, in my brain, I'm altruistic sort of vibe versus like, you know, like Thanos's whole like. You know the world must be you know just half destroyed yeah. so the rest of it survive. Like I I think the the sort of personal drive makes more sense to me. I think and I, I think it works really well. I think it's more compelling. I mean I like I love like the personal stakes that you know when it comes to these characters. Um, you know, but like also what a way to reinvent a extremely 
problem. Like, there's a lot of like Shang Chi was a character as a character created, I believe, in like the seventies. Um, as like a as like a I think from inspiration from like the Bruce Lee, like the Bruce Lee, because that was a huge like listen, like that was movies, a huge yeah. huge thing. Uh, Steve Engelhart wanted and, like a sorry, like a martial arts character. No, you got. It. I would just sorry. Yeah, yeah um, I just want to get uh, Steve Engelhart and Jim Starlin, who's Jim Starlin's done a number of things like it's crazy. icon. Icon, um, but like Shang Chi, like it's so weird because like at one point he was the fictional, he was the son of the 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 character Doctor Fu Manchu, and then when Marvel lost the rights to that character, they had to change the char- like character a bit, and obviously the Mandarin is a character that we know from like the Iron Man, like the Iron Man mm-hmm. story, and-, and and that's a character that's very because pro- you got it's a villain named the Mandarin. They had like, to change it a lot for the for Iron Man three. I mean, just because yeah. that movie got released in China and there isn't, there's no way you're no. gonna release it like like that. Sorry, no, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, think about what they had to do with the the ancient one in Doctor Strange. Hmm. Um. But there's a lot. That's that's a whole conversation with that. But yeah, yeah. I am glad they were able to revisit because how many times do you get to do that? Like that's pretty cool that we, that they got to like sort of reclaim that character. One of my favorite scenes. Um is when, like, they're having, like, dinner or whatever, and they're at his, like, evil base, right? And he's ta- he talks to Katie. <laughs> he asks Katie what her, like, traditional, like, her Chinese name is, and he's like, names are really important to us. They connect us to who come before. And he also gets into the whole Mandarin thing, where, like, he went by many names, and then, like, it's interesting how, like, people were afraid of the Mandarin. A chicken ditch. They were afraid of a chick, a guy with the name, with, like, the name of a fruit, you know? Like... It's very strange, um, and it, it talk, uh, addressing sort of addressing the cultural appropriation, you know, yeah. of those things. I think is really cool. Um, I, I just was like, man, they, they, there's so much that could have. I think about like with Black Panther. I think about Mbaku, and that's a character mm-hmm. that's extremely like when you address it, you know. But and the way they handle it, pretty good. Like, like it's very good, pretty clean, you know. And to become yeah. a fan favorite kind of thing. Um, I gotta talk about uh, Zha Ling in this uh, movie, the S- Shang Chi's sister. Hmm. Um. She has an amazing introduction as well. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. It's like Zhu Sha Ling. She has her own fight ring. Like she's like she, like she's she's Tyler Durden without the like creepiness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like as much as like Shang Chi, you know, he was the one that like Wen Wu was always like, oh, this is gonna be my successor. And all that, yeah. He kind of pretty much ignored Shaoling, basically, even though she feels like the female version of him in certain respects, just without the rings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, um, and like she trained on her own, and like mm. she learned. And I love when like she learned how, like the the child version of her, like in the flashbacks, learned like to use like that rope knife thing, which was really cool. Yeah. And then, like, you know, because her whole thing is that um, she is definitely pissed at Shang-Chi. Yes. She's, like, she is fucking angry. And because um, uh, Shang-Chi was ordered to, like, go assassinate people by his father, and um, he told uh, Sha Ling that he would come back, and he never did. Yeah. Listen, that'll break your heart. It's rough. (laughs) Yeah, like like it's bad enough that she's got to be alone with, with Wen Wu, but it's worse that you know you make this promise like no, I'll endure for three days, it'll be fine. Six years goes by, 
I hate him. <laughs> and she she showed him mm-hmm. that she hated him when in that first introduction because they fight and she kicks his ass. Yes. <laughs> and and Katie being the smart one gets that gets that uh that uh money. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bet against me? No. Yeah, but I, I think she um Shaoling, I'm just let me just look at the actress's name and I'm going to I'm going to re-record it just so that way um Munger Jun. She's fantastic in in the movie. Like she is so cool. Um and then I love the after credit scene where I'm like, "Oh my, like she now runs the 10 rings." Like there are people probably like, "Ooh, oh my gosh, Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner in the after credit scene. Oh my gosh." And then there's like, "Oh my gosh, she's got an evil organization now." <laughs> <laughs> it's like who cares about those other two this is what i wanted to who see who cares about the implication of the ten rings all right sure whatever maybe jonathan majors has something to do with it great kang Woo-hoo, kang which i'm, I'm excited for jonathan majors Don't yes jonathan majors no, 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 I, no, dis, no disrespect I, to jonathan majors but the, yeah the, the grand mcu like <laughs> overbearing oh though i do like wong being in the movie listen okay no no, no. that's the exception if you put Wong, Wong is the exception every time. Listen, I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is a perfect movie. The only way you can make it more perfect, just throw in Wong, like just like no reason, just he's there. He's there. He's there. He's great. He's so great. <laughs> <laughs> Benedict Wong like is so delightful. Um, <laughs> I love at the end when uh, he's like Shang Chi, Shang Chi, present. <laughs> no, and, and he that- just he just charges over and moves the chairs. <laughs> do you have the rings no but what's even better is like he tells katie to come along too which is great <laughs> and you come along <laughs> and this is after uh they told joe butapaki uh <laughs> everything that just happened and she's like you guys are full of crap you might have to lie about it and then and then you see the like the doctor strange like portal thing opening yep. and then the sorcerer supreme himself wong yes. comes out oh yeah yeah um, I forgot to mention when we were talking about the Mandarin stuff, um, like Wenwu and like the relation to that. They bring back mm-hmm. Trevor, uh, Ben Trevor Kingsley. Slattery. <laughs> Trevor comes back. Trevor, <laughs> clean and sober. He's, he's much more cleaned up. I love what he talks about how much Planet of the Apes inspired him. <laughs> Those apes are doing this amazing stuff. Why can't I? <laughs> like he, it's pretty great. Um. It, there's so many great. I mean, um, Michelle Michelle Yeoh is in this movie. And listen, we're we're you're gonna get a feast of Michelle Yeoh in our next episode. I'll tell you that right now. Yes. Um, but it's it's nice to get her here uh, to start because she's an icon. Yes. She's she's incredible. She's a legend and deserves to be treated as such. She just got a doctorate. By the way, so she's Doctor Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, that is that is a, a, one of my favorite doctors. Yes. Um, yes. But it's also her second MCU movie. That's right, because she shows up in Joey's. Is is it your favorite? Yeah. By this point, yeah. Volume it's two. Been, would it's you been say my favorite since I saw it? Like I don't think it's yeah. Change. So, <laughs> so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Joey's favorite MCU movie. She shows up as one of the like. Um, like ravagers, mm-hmm. like I guess she's like a captain of her own ship, and uh, she's with uh, Stallone, and I think it's Michael Rosenbaum who plays like like 
gem dude and then michelle uh miley cyrus is like the <laughs> robot head um <laughs> and so it's it almost feels like a precursor to the guardians of the galaxy that we know so i kind of hope she shows up again i know like she's obviously more prominent yeah in, um in shang chi but i would love to see her show up again as that character yeah because that- Gemma chan showed up twice this this is true because she's because she's in captain marvel and she's in eternals as like the main character that's right oh my gosh yeah that is cool so listen more Gemma chan more michelle yo make it happen please i'll be listen kevin feige that'll that'll square a lot of beef i have with the marvel movies (laughs) so come Uh, on but uh michelle yo is is of course um really cool in this she plays um uh shang chi and um shaoling's aunt uh, mm-hmm. which is cool one of the best ants one of the best um ants uh i have to give a shout out to when uh wa who's been he's a stunt guy he's been is in that a, the old guy he's the old guy yes um yes. The, uh, um couple bruce i mean uh enter the dragon um uh fist of fury you know um he was he's he's done a lot and um, I definitely have to mention him because he's also fun in this too. He's he's listen, you know, for for the small amount of time he has, and the same with Michelle Yeoh is like, the small amount of time they have in this movie. It's it's worth mentioning that they they are are amazing once they show up. Um, I'm just trying to think if there is like I think those were like the main um, actors and stuff, but like I loved also just Talo in general. Um, as a mm-hmm. world i loved i loved the aesthetic um i loved all the creatures morris the dragon scale stuff dragon scale morris stuff. morris what a delightful creature <laughs> i love the dragon horse horse looking uh things really those are so cool really. um <laughs> i love the, the the lion things yes, yes. i don't i Again, I don't know the technical term for all these animals. I just think they're awesome. I just it makes me think of Pokemon, admittedly, because yeah. the ones like got like nine tails, like nine tail, like the like the like the Pokemon character. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are really cool and they're really well done. I like the I like the effects and that and like it, a lot of the creature a, effects are really good. Actually, it was, it was an Oscar nominated movie for uh, visual effects, so definitely props yeah. to the to the team. You know, um, but like like the and even like again like watching this on 4k seeing that fight scene at the end it's a lot clearer a lot cleaner because like here's here's the thing that i that physical media will always have over digital for one thing because in in digital when you're watching the streaming of this like yeah it's nice that disney plus offers the imax version of shang chi which was the first time i ever watched it and it looked really good and i liked the the wider picture um that being said when you when we get to the end fight between Wenwu and Shang Chi, especially when they're both using the rings and when they're and like they're, it's a sensory overload of special effects, really. And the 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 digital streaming service can't seem to process it all at once without lowering the resolution and making it look really bad and and like you're watching a 360p video on YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas um like i was so even though the aspect ratio was just normal sort of widescreen letterbox i was so appreciative to watch the end scene because it looked so clean yes it looks so good and i know you're talking about this but it's so true like this is one thing that i of, of many things that why i think physical is so much better than digital um it's just that it looks better and there's a consistency yeah 
with the image quality. And so you're not, you don't feel like you're losing anything because um, Disney Plus can't process all of this happening at once. Yeah. Especially, oh my God, especially when the Soul Sucker and the Dragon are like in that whirlpool, like in the sky, and all that stuff is happening at once. Oh, like, yeah. I, I remember how much like the stream literally just went and then like everything was pixelated and i'm like jesus why why can't it seem to process this and so you watch it on on disc and it's just, you just i think like disney is a little bit you know up and down with their 4k discs or just discs in general lately but in truth like it, it was still a lot better to watch shang chi this way than it would be in my opinion to watch on disney plus i agree with that um but also just all the i know we talked about the creature designs but i thought like the demon thing like was Mm -hmm. was pretty cool and i love the 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 visual of like the the soul sort of as like rainbow sort of this rainbow coloring uh to them and just like the way they defeat this demon thing at the end like Mm -hmm. oh it's epic it's so cool and the, the way they use the 10 rings but my favorite part is that, you know, because a lot of these superheroes, it's like, they have all this, like, armor, or like, all this stuff, and I oh, I look at Shang-Chi, he's got the dragon scale stuff, and I'm like, he's got sneakers! He's got his Jordans! <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, all he needed was that cool top, and that's it. He just got black pants on, and his Jordans, he's good to go. Mm-hmm. He's good to go. Yes, um, so, like, 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 um, Man, Destin Daniel Cretton and the whole, his team they, they did a really great job with this movie, and it makes me curious, really more curious about the Kang Dynasty. Like, if if that if that remains, like if he stays as the director and actually gets to make it, which I'm only saying that because it is possible that you know he might just be like, you know, I might back out of this because you know John Watts did it. You know, it's, but if he if it if it comes to fruition, especially because like that's what five years out now at this point, yeah. I'll be in my 40s, probably. Or my late 30s, gross. Anyway, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, um, uh, if if he gets to do that, and he does do that, I, I, I'm i totally down for it. This, yeah. this movie is so well made. He did such an incredible job. He got a really great cast. Um I love the music even. I know we didn't talk about that. The music is very, very good. The, sco- uh, the score is um, good, and the other tracks, uh, Joel P. West um, did the original score for this, um, but the you know, other tracks in here, I, it sounded great, honestly. I had a good it time. It really did. So I think all in all, what I've, what I've learned from both of these movies is that, you know, sometimes, sometimes I, I think I, I, I don't think I needed to learn this, honestly, because I think I already felt this, but like, Movies that like superhero movies that are just more colorful and exciting and fun and feature great fight sequences and like a like a uh, a somewhat relatable story, like like what more what more do you need? Why does it? Why do we need to make it so complicated? Right. Yeah. You know, like you know these n- neither of these movies are trying to make things too much or none of these movies neither of these movies were trying to like go overboard with anything other than like the visual aesthetic which especially in the case of marvel movies like you know just to see that 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 uh sort of meadow like with the the lake or the like kind of pond or whatever in shang chi in the bamboo forest that like kept moving which is i think it was a cool effect oh, like just to see that like oh. the green oh my gosh the, Dude, the, the actual costume. Dude, Oof. the water pools out of like the walls, and they're like 
showing like the, like everything. Oh my gosh, there's so much. There's a lot. Um, that lot that's really cool in this. Yeah, and it's just <sighs> more movies like this. Yes, more movies like this. More movies like Birds of Prey. That's what I want. If you ask me, um, I think you know Birds of Prey. You have like an incredibly colorful, a lot of fun like um a lot of fun like movie with a great ensemble i think um incredible ensemble incredible ensemble with a nice like i think both of these have like smaller sc- even though like chunk cheese maybe a bit more about the end of the world because all those you don't want those souls to get out but like a no. lot more personal stakes in the in these honestly yeah in these stories like smaller scale stakes especially in the first in um in uh birds of prey um, but like in the, se- in the second one, it's about, you know, a, a boy's, a man's relationship with his dad, you know, mm-hmm. and his, his family and, you know, trying to reconcile with that. Um, but also these are, these look great and they're a lot of fun. I think, you know, um, whether it's like the, the and- fun roller rink like sequence at the end <laughs> of Birds of Prey or the bus, um, the Jackie Chan-esque, uh, bus fight in Shang-Chi good time sorry to interrupt no no you got, i was say um i think a good thing too to note is that representation matters yes that Women, th- that's very true um uh obviously asian culture is incredible and should be on screen more often like i think both of these movies do incredible um with diversity and representation in many fronts and this is necessary mm-hmm. yes um <sighs> Wow, this is a good. I, I had a good time doing this one. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Listen, we dog on Marvel movies, but when we find one we like, we will talk about it. And no, we will talk we about will it right. Pray, like this is this is one. We of my will favorites. pray. We will. Pray. <laughs> Ricky Sayos. <laughs> Sean. Well, at least they call him Sean. <laughs> they call him Sean. <laughs> there is a part where they call him Sean. Uh, they do call him Romy at one point. Listen, wrote me. <laughs> anyway, uh, folks, uh, do, do you like these movies? What's your favorite of the Harley Quinn stuff that we had in the last couple years or whatever? What, so what are some martial arts movies that you really enjoy? Please let us know. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I was dancing. Oh, you're dancing. I didn't know if you had anything to say. <laughs> no, I was I was going with the flow off the Instagram. Instagram. Ricky Sionis. <laughs> Sean. Sean. All right. Uh, I love that, that movie. <laughs> Ricky Sionis and Sean. Sean and the Legend of the Ten Rings. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, check us out um, next week. Have a good night, everyone. Brightened gif.